This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Today is gonna be a little something more. I've got a plan in mind, a special thing in store. The light bulb inside my head said, Get up and play. Cause you never. Welcome to Rainbow Kaleidoscope, six parts BL and one part everything else. We're your hosts, R and K. So welcome to the very first episode. This Yay. is exciting. Yes, finally. <laughs> finally, as if we haven't been working on this for months already. <laughs> That's embarrassing history we don't talk about. <laughs> But I don't hide anything from our listeners. Okay, maybe I hide a little bit. Maybe I won't tell you about some of the titles I read because they're a little um, maybe embarrassing. But well, you know. <laughs> this is a no shame zone. <laughs> yes, exactly. So do we want to talk a little bit about who we are? So I guess I can start just so you know with who you will be, you will be dealing here. So I'm Kay. Obviously, that's not my real name, but it'll work for podcast. And I'm a avid BL reader. I read a lot of it. A lot of it. Yes, a lot of it. A lot. <laughs> Do you read a lot? I, I read a lot in general, but I guess that for the last two, three years? No, one year. Oh, BL only, more or less. But I've read a lot of BL ever since. Ever. A few things that you should probably know about me is that I guess I did study Japanese at university, so I do know Japanese and I read manga in Japanese a lot. I I'm so <laughs> jealous and one day I will be there, but not anytime soon. We're talking like 10 years from now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the only reason why I mentioned, I mean, there are two reasons why I mentioned that. This one is that throughout my study, I did read a bit more about manga and all that stuff, you know, the papers that were available out there. But I wouldn't really call myself to be an expert, just that maybe I know a bit more than an average reader and yeah I read most of my manga in Japanese which has its pluses and minuses the plus part is I get to read as as fast as I can I mean as soon as the thing is out you know which is a huge mm -hmm. huge advantage but it's advantage is that not many people know those titles so sometimes I don't get to discuss them with other people which is kind of sad at times but you know I post about it on Twitter sometimes, so I can tease mm -hmm. you all about it, and then you catch Dallas, <laughs> and then you can nag to publishers, license this. Yes. <laughs> oh my, just add title upon title onto my license wish list, you yep. know, it's, yep. which is already uh, terrifyingly long. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I guess for this podcast this might be the most important thing that I just said but I do also work in a publishing industry so there are some things that I can say or might explain that are happening in the background that's not going to be the focus point of this podcast but you know if there's ever going to be anything that I can add on that account I will 
Mm -hmm. A little bit of context for what is otherwise sort of a Spanish approach. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I I would imagine that a lot of people would be interested what's happening in the background. Or maybe I'm just that type of maniac that wants (laughs) to know what's going on in the background. (laughs) I think a lot of people do. It's just, it's hard because there is a lot that, like, people, like, such as yourself, like, they can't speak to, like, contractually. Yeah. So, um... It's a difficult uh, thing sometimes, that, but... Yeah. I think that would be the main points. I don't know. Is there anything else you think I should add? Oh, yes. I did remember one thing. I mean, it might be already, already obvious, but I'm not native English speaker. I do live in Europe, so my view on manga and boys love as such will come from that space. A bit of a context. Added mm-hmm. context. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. So me, my gosh, what about me is important or relevant? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I'm a longtime comics fan. I run the BL Party Twitter, Boys Love Party Twitter. Um, Very informative. I do follow. (laughs) I try. (laughs) I try to use that space to, to like you know, both inform and celebrate BL because I obviously really love BL and I especially love comics specifically. Like that's my favorite medium. Although of course there's BL in many different kinds of medium, but that's what I focus on. I really work to try to like increase access to BL as much as possible. Like that's one reason why I run a lot of giveaways. And I just think that there is a lot to be celebrated and that's sort of the energy I want to, like, bring <laughs> bring to everywhere I go, you know? Like, let people have a little bit of a break from real life and enjoy, you know, enjoy some happiness here and there. I, I think you're doing a wonder- wonderful job. Just, oh, just well, thank you. <laughs> no, because just today, uh, when I was searching for some inspiration for our podcast title, <laughs> I said, like, hmm, <laughs> I should probably look at your Twitter. And I was like, God, this... <laughs> Twitter account is so fluffy and so, oh, yeah, it's it's really soothing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, is there anything else I should mention about myself? Oh, one thing I will want, I do want to say is, although I read exclusively legally now, I did used to read a lot of Scanlations. I might, you know, mention a title here and there throughout the course of the podcast that I did only read Scanned. Because, you know, that's just part of my history. Also, I do buy a lot of stuff in Japanese that I can't read. But one day, (laughs) fingers crossed. So I might discuss titles that I haven't technically read, but I own and have looked at and think are pretty. (laughs) So (laughs) I think I can say the same for myself. We already said that we'll probably dedicate uh, an episode to the whole Scanlation shenanigans. So, yeah. It's not history that either of us plans to hide and we don't judge, but, you know, Mm -hmm. we are all for supporting legal sources. So that, Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's the direction, I guess, that we're both Mm -hmm. going into. Yep. Just want to be upfront about that. Yes. All right. So why are we doing a podcast? Well, I guess my primary reason for doing a podcast is I just love podcasts. Like I listen to about... Mm, let's see, about 35 to 40 hours of podcasts a week. Wow. So. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a lot. 
I mean, I listen at work, you know, so it's like, uh, yeah, I'm passionate about podcasts. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's nice. Uh, I did not have the, the opportunity to listen to podcasts during my work hours. But also, I don't think I would listen to that many of them. Like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I do I do enjoy talking with people. I did record podcasts in the past, and I had a lot of fun with that. Also, well, I guess I can say that here, because this is basically the same thing with which I approached to you uh, when we started talking about if we would do a podcast together. But I just wanted to have a space for myself where I could be a fan in the way that I can be a fan. I'm not that much into writing fanfics. I'm not that good at art, though I do want to do some stuff about art as well. And I'm not I'm not really that much into chit-chatting with everyone everywhere around about the stuff that I read, but I really enjoy talking one-on-one with someone or, you know, with a smaller group of uh, friends uh, or people that are really interested in. So I thought that podcast would be a really good um, format for me to express myself, to have my own space, I guess. And I, I was thinking about recording a podcast about something as well so <laughs> when I saw you were interested about that I was like hmm BL why not <laughs> and I have to say thank you so much for reaching out um, this whole project I'm very excited about and I think I think it's gonna be fun and I hope that you the listener have a lot of fun because uh, that's like part of our aim here yes. is you know to have a good time yes exactly it's my motto I always instead of saying Best regards, I always have, say, have fun. <laughs> Which is that's so a great, cringy, that's but, a great you know. <laughs> it's not cringy. There's nothing cringy about, like, being earnest and cheerful, you know? True. But I, I, do, I really do think that we people tend to forget sometimes to just enjoy our life. So enjoy our mm-hmm. life, yeah. So our tagline, of course, is six parts BL and one part everything else. We have yes. that because... While this is primarily a BL-focused podcast, we do like a lot of other things. Exactly. Um, I need yeah. somewhere to sometimes talk about the femdom comics I love. So <gasps> those oh, might yes. slip in. Yes, let's have a dedicated episode <laughs> for that, please. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. It'll force me to read all the ones that I've been um, sitting on. So that'll be excellent. Also, we're not just talking about manga. We're also talking about um, other comics from other countries. We're also talking about um, anime and live action and games and whatever strikes our fancy. Like, it's 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 going to be mostly comics, though. <laughs> mostly True. manga. Yes. But yes. Uh, you will get a little bit of everything in here. But mostly BL. Yes. Mostly BL. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I really like those voice kissing boys. Oh, Yes. So, okay, my next question is, how did you get into manga and anime and also specifically, like, BL? Like, what was your journey there? Sailor Moon. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, I think that explains everything. (laughs) Yeah. So when I was, like, still a tiny, tiny human being, we had this renaissance in Europe when a lot of uh, anime was being um, broadcasted on television, uh, especially in neighboring countries, uh, 
all around Europe, but in my in my country, we all got all that a bit later. So I was actually watching on, I think it was an Austrian program, program a German language program where they were broadcasting Sailor Moon. And I really loved it. I don't know why. I mean, as a kid, do you know why you love what you love? You just know you love it. It really, it helped me for a lot of stuff. It was kind of my escape from reality as well when I was watching Sailor Moon and it really, really stayed in my memory. The broadcast ended and one day I read in one of those teens magazines like, oh, this is called anime. I actually misread that and I thought it writes, it's spelled anima with A on the, <laughs> in the end, not E. So um, for another year, I couldn't find anything anywhere until I finally realized <laughs> what's the correct spelling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think it was just when I started high school that I started also using internet and I found out a couple of local communities where there were they were also selling secondhand comics or better said secondhand manga and obviously Salerman was one of those and oh my god that's based <laughs> on a comic obviously I'm gonna buy that even though it's so expensive and I can't afford it at all but I bought it you know <laughs> Too expensive and can't afford. That is a uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a mode of That's all the of life us. of a manga collector. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was kind of funny because those books that I got were the previous owner either had kids or didn't know what was the purpose of those books because they were colored with pencil with pencil colors. You know. Mm-hmm. Some somebody actually took that as a coloring book, so it was. Huh. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of the beginning of how I got into contact with other people, how I started also buying other manga, but obviously a lot of pirated stuff as well. Through all this process, I did discover Higuryu. Uh, that was a very popular author back in those days. And most of her manga consists of some gay couple as well yes <laughs> absolutely i love i love that about her stuff it's like I, I i seriously can't recall like maybe some of her later works don't have it but all of her early works had like a side couple that was gay or a side character that had hots for the main character and all that stuff so that's how i kind of got into contact with this bl content but i i felt bad for all these gay characters many times because they had hearts for the main character and I was rooting for the main character to be with the main heroine you know because like they obviously have to be together it's so shoujo manga you know what do you expect here and that was also always the end that you got but there was a couple that was also shoujo manga I mean marketed as shoujo manga at the time but the main couple was both guys like Ludwig II was one such work, and I think that Zeus was also the same. And Ludwig II is always uh, is obviously based on historical figure. It it did stay in my memory because I did find it somewhat odd and interesting at the same time that a Japanese person was writing about European history, did write about history that in a way did affect me, not 
at the same time, but you know, it's a history of my country or the land where I'm living. So that kind of stayed in my memory. I did like how those two were portrayed there. I remember that a lot, though it it had a rather unfortunate ending, but you know, that's that's the history. Yeah, you can, when it's <laughs> when it's like real life stuff, it's like, well, that can be. Uh... I mean, you can't argue with that. Yeah, but honestly, I think that it was portrayed quite rosy in itself because, you know, most of these f- historical figures weren't such big heroes and so innocent as they're usually portrayed, you know, and it's no different for L- Ludwig II, you know. I mean, um, yeah, well, most <laughs> most historical people were awful people because most people, like, in positions of power yeah. abuse that power. So that that's how world works, I guess. So, I mean, through all that content, I was reading a lot of BL, but I wasn't fully aware of it until one of my friends presented me with a manga that was specifically boys' love. Or at that time, I think it was still Yaoi and Shonanai expressions that were still used um, Mm -hmm. quite widely. And I don't recall if there was already a specific expression in Japan at that time, but it was quite obvious that that content was meant to be taken a bit differently than every other shoujo manga. It was specifically mm-hmm. meant to be content and it was marketed as two boys being together. You know, it's not shoujo mm-hmm. manga that just happens to have two guys as main characters that end up together. No, this is manga where the purpose of it is to have two guys that end up together. You know, and when this friend of mine shown me this I was I mean I guess that was the start of my BL journey as such um, <laughs> it was quite it was quite rock in the beginning because my first impression was like oh this is just porn for women I do not need to read porn for women like why would I want to read porn for women you know now I want you <laughs> no uh I'm up to good for that like <laughs> please <laughs> yeah the point was that in the in the beginning i i wasn't really fully accepting of this because i perceived this content to be you know just like an easy easy money grabbing content for women like it's porn what else do you want to mm-hmm. know you know and my relationship to porn in general was not the best at the time i mean i was teenager teenager hormones were doing their own stuff you know i was growing up Mm -hmm. uh didn't know left from right i still don't but you know (laughs) (laughs) hey i have that issue too you know (laughs) yeah so in the beginning i was all about yeah i want to read just shown on eye like i was doing the same shit that, that most of teenagers do today just in a different scale i guess and i was like yeah i want to read those romantic things romantic stories that ends with a kiss you know or they just started dating and all that but you know the more you read the more you get exposed to a more explicit explicit uh more sexy content (laughs) (laughs) and uh it's not a matter of getting used to but i think it's more like well yeah a matter of getting used to is also part of it but more like maturity level maturing say yeah yeah I don't really know how long it took me to be okay with reading anything and everything, but 
as far as I was against it, against the pornographic part of it in the beginning, now I'm like completely opposite. Like I'm pretty much fine with whatever. And by that, I mean literally anything. So Mm -hmm. I guess that was my journey, how I got into anime and manga and how I got into Mm -hmm. BL. With the comfortability level of mature content, you know, I I read a lot of uh, sexy stuff quite young, in fact, but there was still always like some things that made me uncomfortable that like now as an adult, I'm like totally fine with. So um, that that's interesting that, you know, and not surprising, I would say that we both had that sort of like there at least some kind of tentativeness um, about the more explicit material, even if it was like at different levels. Another thing that I wanted to add, like, I mean, this kind of leans into what you're probably going to say, but I do wonder sometimes if my response would be different if I would get in contact with the mature content through novels, through a written written word and not visually like manga is. Because I do remember that, like, I think I was, I think I was 16, barely 16, probably, when I read super erotic and explicit novel written by a local author and it was like god damn this is good you know (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. like i was i but i do think that at that time i was already like sort of if you said maturing (laughs) i mean transitioning (laughs) from being in denial to like yeah this is fine this is cool this is nothing so unusual so because I think that I did start reading that novel after I already read a lot of Boys Love, but yeah. Sometimes I do wonder if having the same content in different format would make a difference for me or not. I think I think that's quite probable. Just like looking back at my own experiences, you know, like I read a lot of fic first, you know, so I already was like reading explicit material and then like the vi- and like visual stuff can like feel more intense than written stuff i mean i think i think there's i think there's a correlation there at least if not a causation a correlation (laughs) yeah i guess yeah but yeah something something to think about that did did tell me how did you get into all this though well like you i have to say that uh sailor moon (laughs) um a little bit (laughs) yes I mean, I think if you're a certain age, Sailor Moon was sort of like very much the gateway, um, especially for young girls, because that was like the the show. It actually technically wasn't my first anime I saw. The first one I saw was this like 1970s Jack and the Beanstalk movie that I only realized was anime like years and years later. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I watched the... Um, Sailor Moon show, and I watched the one that old people like me will remember, the original dub for U.S. audiences, that totally chopped up the show, and it gave it little morals at the end of each one. You know, they very much tried to make it get very kid-friendly. There were episodes they didn't air entirely, like one where Umino, like, lifts up a teacher's skirt, like that one they didn't air at all. (laughs) Which, like, it makes sense if you're like, hey, we're trying to aim this at, like, and I was, like, four or five watching this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if that's their target audience, like, yeah, you don't really want that. But really, it, like, really started when, like, my older sister started getting, like, 
you know, she got, like, the Pokemon comics, and she got the old mix Sailor Moon before they became Tokyo Pop. Yeah. She got, you know, she got Sailor Moon, the later seasons, fan-subbed on VHSs that we still have. Wow. <laughs> she did early, like, downloading of things that I didn't really watch those as much because they didn't interest me, like Vice Crites and stuff. Like, I was a little too young for that still. But then Gundam Wing started airing <laughs> on... Toonami. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love these characters. And I don't know how I found out what fanfic was, but sometime during that time I had did. So I was like, you know, looking up fanfic for Gundam Wing. And I found this thing. It was like, 1x2, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I, reader, I found out, or listener, I should say, I found out quite quickly. And I was really into it. I'd already been reading fic of other things like Cardcaptor Sakura. Um, and I'd oh, already been okay. reading explicit things by then. So it wasn't like anything new, really, except for the gay part of it. I had started reading a lot of that. And then, again, thanks to my older sister, <laughs> I discovered fake and gravitation. <laughs> Those were the first BL manga that I read because um, she got them out from the library. And I was like, this is Slash, but, like, people actually published it. Like, people wrote it and made it real. Like, it was... <laughs> it, that was so, like, novel to me, you know? Because at the time, I had just considered, mm -hmm. like, oh, like, it's gay and secret, so it has to be gay and secret online. You can't, like, actually publish these stories, right? Like, well, yeah. you can, which is great. And I was like, oh, that's that's beautiful. So, yeah, after that... You know, I really turned to reading mostly BL manga. I had so many scans downloaded. <laughs> it was, you know, because this was like the 2000s. This was like the height of, you we, know, we, the we downloaded scans. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, most of those are gone now because our computer died. This is on the family <laughs> computer mind. Oh, um, <laughs> I lived dangerously. But yeah, but I, I sort of have a second part to this story in that, like, I was really into BL manga until about mm, t 2010, I would say. And then, like, I totally, like, switched over to superhero comics and Western comics. Is there, is there any specific reason as to why that happened or just, I don't know. Just, you know, interests changing, you know. I was I was looking for new things. I was getting more into, like, Western television shows at the time. You know, I was really big into, like, Merlin and Merlin fanfic. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. That was big at that time, yeah. And then Captain America came out. Ooh. <laughs> and that was my life. <laughs> that became my life. So, fast forward to, like, 2018, and I'm, like, starting to wonder, like, hmm, I wonder what's going on in the manga scene these days. And I discover I hear the sunspot, and I'm like, this sounds cute. And like, it's been a long time since I've read an EPL, so I'm like, I'll, I'll get it and read it. And then I was like, why did I ever stop reading EPL? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what, what in the world? Why did I move away from this? Because it's the best thing in the world. So, yeah, I'm back. I'm back home. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Yeah, I did find it funny how you said like for i think it was fake and what was the other title gravitation gravitation yeah mm -hmm. um yeah that was obviously a title both titles that were quite popular here in europe as well and they they left their mark as well but i do you said like you 
you always saw that this is something that you're gay online and you have to be gay in secret. So you found it amazing that it was possible to publish this in a book form, you know? Yeah, at that, that time I was, oh, it's just like a flash in my mind. Like it really took me long to accept that there are some BL manga that is in fact more or less just fan fiction or basically fan art. But it really contributed a lot to the BL genre. Like, we know that this Zetsuai, uh, you probably know mm-hmm. the title, um, mm-hmm. the, the author was like a super huge fan of uh, Tsubasa, Tsubasa. Yep, Captain, Captain Tsubasa. Tsubasa. Captain Tsubasa. And basically, like, the whole industry more or less knows that Zetsuai is basically uh, Captain Tsubasa fan fiction. It's just like, it's the same thing as it was with what was it Twilight and and Fifty, 50 Shades, Shades of Grey. Yeah, it's exactly same situ- situation, you know. And I know that. And this we're talking about area way before this Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey, you know. But I know that it, already at that time I was like, um, I always considered fan works to be a bit of a let's say secondary in quality. I suppose, especially fan fiction, not so much fan art. Like, I'm fine with, let's say, doujinshi, parody doujinshi. Um, but when it comes to fan fiction, I'm like, ugh. Like, you had a really good experience with that. So that's cool. But it, I it think- was, I mean, to be fair, like, fan fiction had that had that reputation in the 2000s. So, like, that's not surprising that you felt like that. You know, it's. it's- like it's, even me reading who loved it, like I I I I bought into that too, you know, because I was like thirteen reading uh, what other thirteen year olds write, and <laughs> yes. we're not very good writers. <laughs> I mean, but it's not that much. Just what was the reputation? Because uh, I don't even know if I was aware of that. Maybe I was, but I do remember that I read one fan fiction, but it was written so poorly, like. I don't even know how they got to that. I don't even know what was fan fiction about. Even I don't know which fandom it was. All I remember is that the characters were so out of character. Like, I I literally wondered if that person ever really read the original work or not, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But we all know that that's also one of the charms of fan fiction, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And... and yeah, <laughs> but um, I mean, we'll probably talk about this a lot more in the future episodes. But uh, I do remember that it, I found it amazing. It, it took me a while to accept that, but I also found it extremely amazing that you can transform your fan fictions or let's say your daydreaming about a specific work that you're really so into that you can transform it so much and later publish it as your own work, which I think it's in a way really amazing as well. And that even today we do have a lot of works that are still made in the same way. It's kind of interesting how stories transform and receive different shape, I guess. And, you know, when you know the background of it and you don't know the background of it and how that affects you as a reader or not. Or at least in my case, you know, I, it did take me a, a while to understand and accept that basically 
taking someone else's work and transforming it and putting that transformed version out to the world again is is a more common practice that one might think. Yeah, it's um, like all the time you run into people being like, hey, I'm going to take down this fic because I'm going to like rewrite it and shop it around. So like that's a pretty common practice these days. Yeah, yeah, that that happens too. And Mm -hmm. I think that that just that like, like what you mentioned right now, it's something that is not really so much okay with me. Because it was already published once as fanfiction, you know. But if you don't, if you like build from that completely anew, then then I'm fine with it, I guess. But that's just me, because like, I'm picky, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm snobbish just a bit. <laughs> just no one tell Kay that it was used to be fanfic, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well... Let's come to the last topic of our episode. Recently, we said goodbye to 2020. Yes. Um, I don't think anyone was that sad to say goodbye to it. But there were some highlights of 2020 in that both of us read a lot of BL. (laughs) That's a highlight, yes. (laughs) I mean, you know, you take what you can get. (laughs) Yeah. In that vein, we wanted to talk about some of the comics that we really loved. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying that this could have been a lot longer. I could have gone on for about 30 or 40 titles. Indeed. Um, So just because I don't talk about a title that I read last year, like, doesn't mean I didn't love it to pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just had to pick some ones that I wanted to talk about right now. Yes. So I'm going to start us off by just diving right in. Oh, and and to clarify, these are ones that we read in 2020. They don't necessarily have to have come out in 2020. Yes. Okay. I'm going to start off with Shinjuku Lucky Hole by Kumota Haruko. If you know me at all, you know that she's one of my favorite manga cop, period. Just, like, her art is always, like, so expressive and engaging. There's just something about, like, like, how she draws, like bodies and faces just is super appealing to me it just hits every like aesthetic ideal i guess for me for art style it's it's beautiful so um i finally read volume two this year i had read one Wait, last year but I... it has a continuation there's like volume yeah there's two? A volume two. Oh my god there's, okay there's two volumes <laughs> Well, I'm glad nice. I could uh, enlighten you. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so specifically what, what I really like about Shinjuku Lucky Hole is the rather dependent relationship of uh, its leads, Kumi and... Oh, I shouldn't have said this because I didn't write it down. Um, <laughs> well, top and bottom. Kumi and Sakuma. <laughs> Kumi and Sakuma. <laughs> I remembered. Okay, yes. There's just something really, like, attractive about that, like, about that kind of, like, exploring that kind of relationship. Like, because they really do rely on each other. And, like, they pretty much only have each other in this world. And they're, they've been together for so long. Um, I mean, obviously, in Volume 1, well, not obviously, we haven't read it. But in Volume 1, we do sort of get the start of that, of how they hooked up together. And it's quite a dark story. But, you know, to see how far they've come... And, you know, like, what they've, 
made of their lives. Like, I just really sort of like all of that. And um, what Shinjuku Lucky Hole is about, um, it's, it's about, like, this adult film company that Kumi runs with Sakuma and like Sakuma's like ex-Yakuza so there's like all this Yakuza stuff that goes on too and there's like if they have different partners themselves um so there's like a lot going on besides yeah there's a lot going on in it let's say I think Kumota's storytelling is just really excellent so yeah it was one of my one of my favorite things that I read this year is volume two gonna be released in English as well? It is out. Yeah, it came out in 2019. Oh, it's it's all out already. It's all out. It's all out. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because I haven't read this one yet. Well, let me know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my list to to titles to read for a very long time. Um, I mean, just the title itself. It's like. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what should I think about this? <laughs> I need to read this. <laughs> it's just that I haven't really been in the mood or haven't felt it like uh, to to read this just yet, I guess. But yeah, definitely, definitely a title that I'm looking forward to to be to read it one day. I want to talk about the Dragon's Husband, God of a Ruined Kingdom, first because that was the first manga I bought last year. BL manga that I wrote, that I bought last year, and I think I bought it like on the very same day, day it was released. I don't even recall if I read any sample pages or not. It was just like this cover, yeah, you're mine. It's just something about the cover, like the actual, like how the whole cover is positioned, but also the art style. It's somewhat different compared to a lot of other art you find right now in Boys Love. So I was really interested, but I. I do think that I read a bit of a synopsis that got me interested in as well because I'm a sucker for fantasy and science fiction stories and we don't get to have many of those in BL or at least to the level that this particular story is. The story is about a country, a kingdom that's being protected by a dragon and one day that dragon says like, I'm not going to give a fuck about you anymore unless you give me a mate. But I have a very specific mate I want, and that's a captain. <laughs> that's a captain who just happens to be a brother of the king as well, a twin brother of the king. As a reader, you realize quite early on that this dragon can shift forms. A lot of the times you see him in his dragon form, but he also have a human form that's not the same as other humans. The story never allows you to forget that that this is a dragon. That's something that I really loved about the story because if you would just read this story as two human beings interacting with each other, I know that a lot of people would have huge problems with it. The dragon transforms this captain so that the two of them could live forever together. And that process of this captain being transformed into also let's say magical being is portrayed quite sensual or better said in somewhat sexual way it's not an intercourse but it the reader's supposed to perceive it as such you know and the 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 bottom the human the captain also perceive it as such you know like what the fuck are you doing with me um and why am i getting so aroused you know 
and also <laughs> not because like what's going on you know but like i said the story never allows you to forget that this is a dragon because you get to see that their values morals and perceiving the world around them is completely different and that's what I really loved about this story. The dragon asks the human a lot of times, what is love? What is intercourse? What is partnership? Why do you need to eat? Why do you need to sleep? You know, there are some really basic questions, but also they make sense from his point of view because he doesn't understand it. He's not part of the culture, the community that the human was, you know? And I think that just the two of them coming together in this, you know, finding their way, is something that I really, really loved. That being said, I'm not sure if I would really define this as BL, because the dragon never, he did say that he wants this human to be his partner, his mate, but his perception of what this means is not the same what human would perceive it to be you know um, it's not in a sense of like loving each other because that's something that the dragon doesn't really understand so it's like in this gray area I would say that you could say it is and it isn't obviously it was meant to be perceived as boys love you know so it is boys love but I just thought it was a very unique story in sense of like how much it really played by the book of what boys love is and isn't, you know. I I haven't had the chance to read this yet. Um oh, sorry. But... A bunch of No, 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 no. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um sorry. But I am looking forward to it. No, it's fine. I I can't say that I'll remember, you know, and that the the experience of reading it will still be great. Um True. True. <laughs> I do want to say, I think my favorite definition of BL, I mean, other than, like, if it's marketed as BL, it's BL. Yeah. Uh, my favorite definition of BL is just, like, a relationship between two men, like, a story about the relationship between two men, and the relationship doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be, like, sexual, it doesn't have to be, like, strongly romantic, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, then you get stories about pining, you get, like, stories about abusive relationships, you get stories true, about, true. like just like sort of this deep bond, you know, that still all gets marketed as BL, but doesn't have like that romance structure plot that we expect of yeah. capital R yeah. romance, you know? I, I agree. Totally agree. And yeah, in that sense, this is totally BL. I just thought that like, it, it didn't give me the same feeling that most other BL does. And it's mm-hmm. something that I really appreciated a lot with this title. I also thought it was an excellent first buy that I could have <laughs> made last year. Like, And also, I think it's really, really nice that this book was released last year and it's already available in English. So, you know, it was released in Japan in 2020 and it was available in English in 2020 as well. I'm happy that someone else also saw potential in this story and, you know, brought it to the English audience. In a similar vein, I'm going to, I'm going to, my next uh, title is also similarly, um, not quite what you would expect when they think BL. That is Kingsmaker by Haga and Kang Ji-yung. I will work on my Korean pronunciations um, in the future. I apologize right now. 
I knew Kingsmaker was like really popular and people loved it, but I didn't read it until early last year when I heard that the second season, Kingsmaker Triple Crown, had been licensed. And I'm going to flat out say right now, I've not read Triple Crown yet. So uh, this is not going to be about Triple Crown. This is going to be only about the first season. And it follows this boy, Wolfgang, who um, he's been living on the streets. And then he decides to reveal that he is actually the lost fourth prince of the kingdom in order to save one of the street kids that he hangs out with. You find out that, you know, the king is this horrible tyrant. Wolfgang works with one of the king's boys, as they are called, to try to become, you know, the next king himself, like to basically overthrow the king. This kid, Sheen, is um, a hostage. And also, like, the king is really creepy with children. Like, that's a huge part of the storyline. Uh, it's very intense at times. Um, I mean, it's not graphic, but, you know, the whole sense of that is very pressing. So that's something to be aware going in. But it is an extremely strong story. Like the plot is, the plot is really engaging. I love seeing the growth that Wolfgang goes through. I love seeing his and Sheen's like friendship really start to bloom. And there's just like gorgeous, gorgeous art, especially when their relationship develops deeper. Like it's, the colors are just amazing and intense. Like I'm not a person who's like, I have to have color in my comics or I have to have them black and white. Like, yeah. They have both their um, strengths and weaknesses. For Kingsmaker, I think it uses such excellent use of color. It's, like, some of the best use of color that I've ever seen in a comic. Because, like, there's so much gold in the story, and, like, the gold really, like, shines and is beautiful, and just everything's just really rich. I I actually read it twice last year. <laughs> um, I loved it so much. And I have so much to read. I often don't reread, especially that quick. Yeah. Like, I'll reread, like, a few years down the line. So the fact that, like, I read it twice and I will probably reread it a third time this year before I dive into Triple Crown says a lot about it, I think. <laughs> it's just really fantastic. If you, can, if you can handle the subject matter, which, as I say, there are a lot of warnings that come with it, it's absolutely worth a read. Yeah, I would definitely recommend this title as well. I did read first season a couple of years ago, I think. So I don't remember it as vividly as you do but uh i totally agree with pretty much everything you said the only problem that i had with it this is quite heavily marketed as bl and i was totally expecting to see some action you know uh, some progress in their re relationship but it's so slow it's like Mm -hmm. Are you two, like, ever gonna be together? Are you even gonna be together? I don't know. But the story is, <laughs> is teasing so much. Like, oh, God, pretty much every chapter you're like, uh, is something gonna happen? No? Yes? Maybe? Hmm? So that, that I, I remember have being quite intense in that section, you know, because I really, really wanted the two of them to have something. But... I do think that in a, in from the story's point of view, it kind of makes sense that the two of them don't have anything, or at least not at this point, you know. But yeah, definitely a title worth reading. 
Yeah. You can you can sort of see it as like, so, you know, the trope of the childhood friends who get together when they're adults. Well, mm. this is like just the childhood the, friends part of it. Yeah, like <laughs> an, an extended version. Yeah. I'm going to talk about this one because I just discovered last week that there's actually a volume two and I can't wait to read it. It's um, Sono Koi Jihanki de Kaimasu Ka. Or, you know, rough translation would be, can you buy that love at a vending machine? It's from author Yoshi Haruaki. This title is actually first commercially published title that they released. I do know the author from the time when they were releasing their original self-published works as well. And I was quite a fan at that time as well. This this one was like, just nice. <laughs> This is a story about Yamashita, who is a vending machine supplier, and Ayumu, who works at the, on, at the office. Ayumu is the one that first talks to Yamashita, like, you know, can you bring some orange juice to this vending machine next time? You know, that's how they get to know each other. And the thing is that just through that, I mean, it's quite funny, this whole section, like, uh, with this orange juice, like, uh, Yamashita asks him later, like, oh, so you're gonna drink 10 boxes a day or something like that, 10 bottles a day or something like that. It's like, the fuck, man? <laughs> who can read, <laughs> who can drink 10 bottles of orange juice a day, you know? <laughs> but it's, it's, I really loved how Yamashita, this uh, vending machine supplier, was quite blunt in a lot of in a lot of things like uh, he never really took it too hard when he was criticized or you know like asked to wait or you know take a step back but he was also really upfront and you know forward like this is what i want this is this is where i would like to go so i really loved how his communication was really clear and then this office worker, Ayumu, is actually the one that's gay, and you find it out right away, and he's in love with Yamashita. But the thing is that it's Yamashita who confesses first, which is like, what? What, what happened? You know? <laughs> and that's something that, that confused Ayumu as well. So it's just a really long story of two characters that are actually in love with each other, but they have problem taking that step forward to actually start dating, you know? Um, mm -hmm. It's quite it's quite clear, but it's also like this part where you're kind of afraid you, some things are not... Because they're not... They go either too fast or they move in direction that you do not expect. So, I mean, f from character's point of view. And... That's why especially Ayumu hesitates to say, yes, I want to date you, despite him being in love with Yamashita for quite a while, you know. And it just felt really real to me. And the way they progressed was really nice, you know. And pretty much all the problems that they may have had were discussed throughout the story, you know. The, the communication between the two was quite clear, if you ask me. There were misunderstandings but none of those felt like they were unnecessary misunderstandings you know i just really loved mm -hmm. the way it was portrayed like it felt real calm and i was just really rooting for the two of them this sounds incredibly sweet and yeah, i really want to read it someday yeah 
I knew my list was gonna expand drastically, but already we're like, yep, okay, cool, 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 gotta write this down. (laughs) (laughs) Man, my explanations are so long, and I'll be just like... I really love it, and, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next title I want to talk about is Golden Sparkle by Suzumaru Minta. Oh, 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 <laughs> yes. That sounds uh, familiar. <laughs> yes, this is about Himari, who is going to an all-boys school. He doesn't do well with girls, so he's really excited to go to this all-boys school and, like, make friends for the first time. He, like, has his hair dyed blonde just because he thinks it's cool. Um, So he's got very much, like, sort of a kind of Yankee, like, appearance, but he's not at all. He's just, like, this really, like, sweet, quiet kid. And he meets Gaku, who sits in front of him um, at school and, like, instantly becomes his friend. But then the key is that Himari has, like, no knowledge about how sex works at all because he skipped health class. (laughs) Which is like, okay, kid. (laughs) Come on, don't don't skip health class. Like, so um, Gaku offers to teach him, and uh, Himari is like, "Oh, I I enjoy doing this with him." So it's it's very cute. It's very sweet. I mean, it starts off as kind of like a oh ho 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 start, you know, with the with the oh Gaku's gonna teach him, but then it like becomes this like really sweet like examination of like you know like Gaku really like does a lot of like internal. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He does a lot of introspection, you know, about, like, his own attraction and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's a very sweet story that I think has a lot of depth to it. Mm-hmm. And then on a very superficial note, like, I really like, like, sweet, innocent, um, <laughs> totally unknowledgeable <laughs> bottoms. So, like, Himari is, like, perfect. <laughs> I know what um, you mean. Also, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Also, though, like, I also really like Suzumaru Minta's art. Like, there's just something really, like, pleasant about it. I don't know how to describe it, but... I think pleasant is quite the right word. Suzumaru Minta is definitely an author that's really pleasing to read, uh, or easy to read, I would say. But I think it's that other title of hers that stayed in my memory a lot more than this one. I didn't mean to fall in love... Probably that's, I don't know what the Japanese that, that title deals is. deals with a lot older character. Yeah, a guy who hasn't um, ever had sex before, and he then yeah, he goes to a bar. Yeah, that, that's the one guy. That, that stayed in my memory a lot more. But yeah, I, um, everything that I read from her so far is uh, pretty nice to read. So yeah, mm-hmm. Golden Sparkle just as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I also really liked I Didn't Mean to Fall in Love, but um, I, I think I liked Golden Sparkle a little more myself. Played a little more to my interests. Probably, yeah. Fingers crossed that uh, more of her work will be licensed. Like, I have the first couple volumes in Japanese of Cupid ni Rakura, I think. I'd like to see those one day. Honestly, I think she's so popular that she has a chance of all of her works being licensed one day. I hope so. But we'll see. So... My next title, I'm going to stay with the more fluffy side right now and go to the more sexy side with the next one. (laughs) So yeah, my next title is This is Love by Ziki Masaya. This is actually a doujinshi work or a self-published work, so it's not something that was released through a publisher in Japan, but it is available in English, at least first two parts so far, Iradori Comics. 
just to plug stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I I did read pretty much everything that's out right now. Maybe one or two chapters are missing, but uh, this is still one of those works where that, at least for me, they feel really nice. They do explore other identities. Uh, one of the characters is actually demisexual, which is not something we, that we see many times. And the story explores a lot about the identity of characters, like what that means for them, how that affected their life, and also how the two of them function together and how their partnership, I suppose, makes them or helps them come to terms with who they are. And I, I thought that just as this whole process was really adorable. I love the work a lot. I also love all the characters that come a lot later um, down the line in the story. And it just felt really, really close to me. It's one of those works that makes you warm, I guess. <laughs> absolutely. It absolutely makes you warm. To add here... I read part one and I really loved it and I thought it was really cute and really sweet. But then I read part two and I was just struck by like that one especially like blew me away because there's this moment where the demisexual character like realizes like, oh, he's in love. Like and it was just like the most romantic, beautiful moment that I've seen. It's it was breathtaking. I don't know. I mean, maybe other people didn't find it as breathtaking, but I found it breathtaking. <laughs> Um, so it's one of those ones where it's like, okay, read part one, but like, you have to read part two, because then you'll be like, oh my god, this is like, amazing. So the, I totally agree. The first part, there is a hook in first part. It's adorable story. But it's part two that that's like, cherry on the top, I would say, because it's, I know which scene you mean. I know. Yes. And, and I remember, <laughs> and I remember when I was reading that in Japanese first, and I was like, Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, what? No, it's just like oh my god! I have to breathe. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> I was pretty much the same reaction when I was reading this in English, you know. And it's just, it's just so nice. Oh, and mm -hmm. I mean, both of us were talking about it's just so nice, so nice, and so nice, you know. <laughs> But like, none of us really explain what what is this story about. Um, I mean, because it's basically. It is more or less just about the relationship between the two. And like I said, it's a lot about them coming to terms with who they are. But it is a relationship between two co-workers. I did see people kind of warning others that some might be a bit disturbed because this is between, what is it, a sub superior and their subordinate um, kind of relationship. But I think that the story deals with this very well because the superior is good in at his work um he does his stuff very well but in private he's a total klutz like he's like sometimes he's so i mean sometimes it's he's a klutz to the point it gets a tiny bit annoying at least to me <laughs> and the younger one that's subordinate he's like pretty much cool all the time, I would say. But in private, he does open up a lot. It, he does show a really different face. And and I thought that the difference that was showing in those two different environments was also realistic and very nice. Mm -hmm. Let's talk more uh, office romances. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes, please. 
So this one is highly popular, and that is Cherry Magic, 30 Years of Virginity Can Make You a Wizard by Yu Toyota. So if you haven't heard about this, um, I'm very surprised. You've probably read it. You've probably seen talk about the drama going around, because I know the drama like really raised it in popularity for foreign fans. It is the extremely cute and charming story of Adachi, who turns 30 and then finds out that the internet myth that you will get magic powers upon reaching 30 years of age if you have not had sex yet is true. He can read people's minds. Um, so he discovers that his co-worker, Kurosawa, is madly in love with him. And it's very, it's like very funny and very charming and like Adachi like becomes more helpful to other people. Like he's like, oh, I know what they want. So he goes and like helps them out. And, like, he, like, helps Kurosawa a lot in that way. But also he's, like, very overwhelmed by, like, Kurosawa's thoughts and love for him. Because he has, like, a lot of fantasies. Oh, yeah. Which is why you should never be able to read the mind of someone that likes you. (laughs) Or that someone can read your mind if you like them. Because, like, I was thinking about this and it's, like, it could seem, like, inappropriate. But, like, this is all Kurosawa's interior thoughts. He has no way to know that Adachi can see it. So, like, there's nothing wrong with it, you know? True. It's like, he's imagining them waking up and, like, feeding each other breakfast and stuff like that. And, like, that's not, that's a normal thing to dream about when you're in love. So, you know, it's, it does also show the horror that mind reading can be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, like, I like that. I like seeing that, like, intensity of, like, because um, we get both Adachi and Kurosawa's, like, thoughts at the same time a lot of the time because of the mind reading. There's just something, like, really, like, how it's done, seeing Kurosawa's thought processes, like, about how intense he cares for Adachi and, like, how self-conscious he is. And, like, Adachi, like, having the chance to, like, respond to that as well. Yeah, I I remember reading this uh, when it was still just on Pixiv. Because this got picked up by Pixiv Manga Mm -hmm. a lot later. And was going around Pixiv so much. (laughs) Uh, for obvious reasons obviously Uh, I really really liked it from the first chapter on as well I haven't read it for the last year though because it's slow burn it's slow burn and like yeah this manga needs to finish first before I'll start reading it again because like I can't stand the suspense and also oh my god yes it's just it's amazing, yeah. I totally recommend it, especially those that might want to read, let's say, softer versions of BL or not as sexually intense, I guess. Uh, I mm-hmm. also think that this might be a good first BL, a BL to start oh, with. It's an, it, yes, it's an excellent first BL. Yeah, so I would definitely recommend that to pretty much anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this was one that I did make uh, someone. I got someone in my comics club to read, and and she really Ooh. enjoyed it. So, oh, and nice. she's hard to please. So, oh. um, <laughs> that was See? good. I was glad See? she liked it. It works. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be more of my indulgent side, I guess. Ijimete kudasai omega sama by Ion Q. Or, well, the title would kind of translate, please bully me, Omega-sama. Uh, Omega is from the the Omega-verse. So we are talking about a story that 
that happens with all the alpha, beta, omega system. And in this story, we have Alpha, whose name is something something bear. He has, I think that I forgot if both of his parents or one of his parents is a foreigner. But yeah, he he kind of goes into that direction. He has blonde hair. Uh, yeah, I think that one of his parents is German. So he's also super buff. But he's a total, total masochist. Like, he, <laughs> wa- he, he wants to be dominated really badly. And he had a lot of mistresses up until now, but the last one he was visiting so far dumped him and said, like, you know what, I really love taking care of you, but I cannot satisfy all your needs, which was all already a marker for me that this is going to be a good story. Why? Because I think that a lot of times manga does play with BDSM topics, but it never explains a lot that this dynamic is a lot about, it's all about consent, it's all about negotiations and trying to keep both parties happy. And, you know, the way this mistress said, like, I'm not capable of satisfying all your needs, told me this isn't about just her and her being dominant tricks like I do not how to say words yep (laughs) (laughs) but this this wasn't just about her being satisfied but also about him that being said their relationship was based on money so he was paying her to be his mistress because he was using the services of different sex shops to find a partner that could suit him So this mistress told him, like, there's this shop that I know, and I think you might be able to find someone there that's good for you. He's kind of reluctant to take up that offer, but, you know, just like that, he's like, okay, let me just Google this shop. Let's see what's this about. And there he finds extremely beautiful mistress. And this mistress just happens to be Omega. And oh my God, she's actually a man. That's cross dressing. <laughs> so, and that's that's how shocking. <laughs> how shocking, yeah. <laughs> but this is all the information that's actually written on the webpage, so he f- knows full well what he's um, going into. And uh, the first thing that really impressed him was just the visuals, you know. But also, he was playing with previous mistresses, like them pegging him. So. He nice. was really he he really fancied the idea of being in a care of a mistress that has the actual dick, you know. So mm-hmm. there's a bit of a, this gender dynamic that's going on in various levels. First is the alpha and omega, and then it's like the omega that's actually cross dressing, because the omega has quite a lot of um, thoughts like. Oh my god, I really find this alpha super attractive. Like he's super not active, super adorable. I really want to take care of him, you know? But he's in doubt because he knows that he's presenting himself as a woman, but he's actually a guy. So how will that affect him, you know? Because previously he had a full uh, he had a another mistress that was woman as such, you know. So mm-hmm. there's this dynamic of like gender as gender, like uh, a woman and a man, you know. 
But throughout the story, this gets kind of cleared out, and obviously we know how this ends. But I just found this... All these things that I said, like the dynamics between genders and just like someone that appears to be, weak, let's say, weaker, pinning down such a buff man as this bear alpha is, you know, because that <laughs> name is so appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> it's so adorable. I mean, uh, I love buff Uke anyway, uh, buff bottoms anyway. Um, and also, I think this was one of rare titles in Omegaverse, if not the only one up until now that I read, where Alpha is actually the bottom. Because it doesn't really work in the the system that this world structure demands, you know. So that that's something that I really loved about this title. Also, Ayonu Q, her art is gorgeous. Her men are... Om nom 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> the last one we're going to talk about, Canis, Dear Mr. Rain by Zach. Oh, yes. Now, a lot of the heavy lifting is done by Zach's art, I will say, because I can't get enough of it. Every single panel, every single page, I love their line work. I love how their lines are fa- fairly, like, bold and thick, but also, like, there's, like, this delicacy to them that's, like, mm. really great and it comes together their characters are so expressive they go from like drawing beautiful men to like just really great like caricatures that are just so appealing and it's just like i don't know how to describe it (laughs) but it strikes me in just like the perfect place so like i would recommend it just on the art alone but the story itself is is um is very is very touching it follows this hat maker, Satoru. He picks up this young man that he finds one night, Ryo, just hanging out in the street and forces him to work in the hat shop for him in the next day because he really needs help for his hat shop. It turns out that Ryo, though Satoru doesn't know this at the time, comes from New York and is involved with the mafia there um, and came to Japan to like do one last thing. So he's got like kind of a dark past, but like is really sweet and cute and just like this charming boy, you know, it's like, aw. <laughs> and hopefully it's, this is another slow burn title because there's more volumes to this. Don't expect anything to really happen with Satoru and Ryo in this one. I assume they get closer in future volumes. Uh, I, I, I That's an assumption though. Who knows? Maybe they don't. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Is that a yes? Can I get a yes? Yeah, it is yes. It's a yes. It's okay, a, it's good. a very firm yes. <laughs> good. <laughs> but yes, they're they have a very um great dynamic and I am very excited for more. Kuma Pub, please please release the next one soon. They haven't officially announced that they license it, but I hope they do. Pretty much for the same reasons that you already said, I would very much recommend this title as well. I have to say, I've, I was following this title pretty much from the first chapter on because I was uh, buying the magazine in which it was running back in the days. Mm-hmm. I think that this work really strikes you in uh, various levels. The art itself is just amazing. Uh, pretty much every page, you could just print it out and, you know, plaster it on your wall and it would make a great mm-hmm. art piece. A lot of pages in this manga are like that. 
also, I'm pretty sure that the author took a lot of inspiration from the American comics as well. And she's incorporating that very well together with manga art style. Because it, the art itself is, it's not the same as most other manga art styles. It is different. But you can't really pinpoint what it is. What I just said, it's like the best description of what I can give for this art. But... You know, it, it just mixes together so well. And really, it's just... For some of the panels, I would really say this is on the level of pure art. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very expressive. It tell, Just looking at images alone, it tells a lot. And then when you go into the actual text, like the communication between characters, you know, it sometimes it feels like, yeah, the two of them are really talking. But then also not like this it's they do talk to each other but the way they talk is also like they're talking to you like there's so much underlying message in pretty much every line that is there i i honest to god cannot imagine how much thought it was put into that work because it it feels like this isn't just an average bl manga as such at least for me a lot of things, a lot of things that you read now in first volume is also very heavily connected to the second part of the story, which starts with volume four, actually, and talks about mm-hmm. completely different characters. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you, you didn't see it, but it's just amazing how much foreshadowing there is. And it's stuff that it's so easy to miss. And it's stuff that you usually don't have in manga because it's not that well well planned up ahead, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Also, fashion. Fashion is just, <laughs> wow. Let me just tell you, like, all the men she draws, especially if she puts suits on them, it's like... <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yeah, that's sexy as fuck. So yeah, uh, a definitely a title I would uh, recommend. And if a spark of interest is there for any listener and you might have not read this, please buy it. Please, yes. please, please buy it. Um, this is probably the only title that I will really ask you so much to buy it because we're not going to get a continuation if this thing doesn't sell, you know? Yeah. And this is, okay, this is, like, one I know has made the scanlation rounds. I I never read it scanned. I just know that it has. And this is a, this is the time where you really have to be like, oh, I'll buy it when it's licensed. Well, it's time. It's out. Yeah. You yeah, can buy it. Yeah. Please do. Like, and let's, look, I'll, I'll tell you that the, the scanlated version, it doesn't do it justice at all. It, it just doesn't. I know what it was put into scanlation. And I've seen the printed version, and it's worth every penny for the printed version. And if mm-hmm. you can't afford the printed version, buy the digital version. You will t- yeah. get a lot, a lot more out of the story, especially because the, the the dialogues in this manga are not easy to handle. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you firsthand that the official licensed version is better. And I'll leave it at that. I need to. I need to get uh, writing to Kuma and Bookwalker being like, um, when is when is Canis going to make it onto Bookwalker so I can buy a bajillion copies for everyone? Yeah. <laughs>
All right. It's your turn. <laughs> oh, yeah. My last title that I'm going to talk a bit more about. This is like uh, a title that you should read when you feel like not thinking about anything or at least not thinking in depth. It's uh, <laughs> it's for fun <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> it's a title called Puppy Play with Papa by Maimu Kinadoemu. Sorry for the noise I made. I might have cut it out because it was a bad noise, but it was my <laughs> excitement noise. <laughs> yeah, that's the title that I... I don't know, was it first published last year or even the year before? Anyway, I started reading it last year and I don't remember when was the last time I was so excited about a title as I was about this one. Because it's re it really is just pure fun for me. It's about uh, two salespeople, persons. I don't even know what exactly their positions are, but because it's a corporate thing, and I'm not good with corporate stuff. But anyway, they work in a pharmaceutical company, and they need to sell their uh, sell the drugs to various hospitals and doctors. And there's this one uh, super good client of theirs but they have to kind of close the deal and how they close the deal is that the bottom gets to bottom for the doctor <laughs> <laughs> you know favor for a favor that's how you do in business what else are you gonna do <laughs> um and so the things kind of go from there the thing is that this bottom um who it's kind of the papa and the puppy in this work, both at the same time. He does. He's a single father. Father. His wife died uh, somewhere in the past, and his kid is super adorable. But yeah, this other salesperson is kind of a sadistic person and sort of not. He pushes a lot of things on the puppy I guess but also it, as time goes by he kind of realized oh maybe I have feelings for this guy but I'm not really sure if this guy's gonna accept me the way I am I mean I may be willing to change a few things but not that much so how much can I let's say uh, mold him into the kind of partner that I want to have sexually but you know still keep him there for all the emotional support that I need and obviously the bottom the papa the the puppy is is kind of like exploring all the sexual parts of himself like how much of a horny person he actually is that was never really aware of you know and how much he's fine with pretty much anything until a certain point where he's like yeah but i don't want just any dick i want a specific dick so <laughs> yeah it's a longer work it's self-published work it is also available in english but like i said this is a title where you're not supposed to think a lot you know don't 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 have your brains on have them on off okay because all what I said right now is pretty much the only content you will get. Everything else is just <laughs> them pretty much doing it in various kind of situations, you know. And this one and that one, and it's just hot, I guess. 
Well, I mean, there is drama that that does happen with uh, yeah, with uh, the addition definitely. of that new character. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, who yeah. is getting a oh, prequel? Yeah. Did you know yeah. he's getting a prequel? Oh, I missed that. Is he? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> well, okay. The artist keeps drawing drawing things with him, so. Oh, that's gonna be that's interesting. Like, but yeah, he's good. He's getting a, he's getting a prequel. Um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I I love this series. It is very much smut for smut's sake, and that is a okay in my book. Yeah, I have these and I have the whole series in Japanese. Um, so when it got licensed, um, I was really excited about it, and so I'm glad to actually have been able to read it also as well as just looking at it. But also like because it is smut for smut's sake, like. I still got a lot out of it, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, I, I, you know, it's very visually, visually explicit. It's like, okay, yeah, I know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's very, very sexy. Yeah, I think that's, that, that's the one that I, those are the five titles. And I think it's quite a, a nice variety of, uh, feel good to up, all the way up uh, to smuddy stuff. <laughs> Yeah, like, I really like the variety of yours. I feel like mine tended towards, like, the sort of sameness and doesn't, like, necessarily represent the breadth of what I do read. But as the podcast goes on, readers, oh, yes. you will uh, oh, yes. <laughs> you'll discover just how varied my interests are. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps up both <laughs> our 2020 reads and our episode. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. If you're still with us, I mean, this, <laughs> I mean, even if you this, gave up earlier, still thank you. Yeah, this sounded like a recommendation list for 2020, but I don't think we will talk every episode about BL titles in such extent as we did today. We're going to talk yeah. about other stuff as well, so don't expect like just uh, this to be a summary of different BL works because it's yeah. not going to be. <laughs> No, that was, this was sort of a special, you know, 2020 was just over, you know, let's talk about some stuff we read. It was a special segment. Yeah. Uh, We have lots of different things in the works. So we hope you look forward to hearing us discuss a variety of topics. Yeah. That are related to BL and manga and other things. Yeah. And I hope you will all come and join us next time. Uh, do follow, do comment, give us recommendations. What do you want to hear from us? We'll take mm-hmm. everything. We'll take everything into consideration. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We can't <laughs> promise we'll do everything, but we love hearing um, your ideas for topics to cover or things that we should read. You know, like, hey, I'm always open to suggestions for that. And I'll just be like, oh, that was on my list. I'll just bump it up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at RainbowCalPod, that's K-A-L-P-O-D, or you can email us at RainbowCalPod at gmail.com. This has been R. And K. And this has been Rainbow Kaleidoscope. Thank you so much and have fun.
パラッタラッパパ。<笑><笑>